It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey guys, welcome back to the Cowboy Stories. Today's episode is sponsored by Hot Horses and Livestock. That's H-A-U-G-H-T. You can find them on Facebook at Hot Performance Horses or on Instagram at Hot Horses. And again, that's H-A-U-G-H-T Horses. Our new sponsor today is TK Horses, and you can find them on Facebook and Instagram by searching TK Horses. We're grateful to have them as sponsors, and like I said in the last intro on the last episode, we are going to change the way that we do sponsorships from here on out. We are looking for people who want to sponsor the podcast year-round, so if you or somebody you know is interested in being a yearly sponsor for the podcast, please send me an email and I can answer any questions you might have about that. Our email is cowboystoriespodcast at gmail.com. On the flip side of that, what would you say is the most enjoyable part about this lifestyle? Okay. You know, I've I've uh, toyed with a lot of thoughts and ideas of um, why I keep doing what I do because sometimes I don't feel that great when I come home. I don't. I hurt. You know, I, I get tired, and I think, what is the greatest part of this? And I, I'm always reminded when I'm out working with my kids. I'm always reminded when I'm on a horse, a nice horse on the top of the mountain, taking pictures of views and sending them out to my family saying, can it get any better than this? And moving cows and things working right, even when things are going wrong, but you accomplish it. You know, that that gets me excited every day, is solving problems that are are happening, whether it's drought, solving drought issues or or neighbor issues or government issues, whatever (laughs) it might be, that stuff excites me. to, to own something and to take care of it. And so that keeps me going every day. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's uh, you can have a lot of battles and a lot of things going against you, but that, that gets exciting. Where would you say the coolest place you've ever been horseback is? So on our mountains, I don't, I'm pretty sure that there's more spectacular mountains in the world than here in Nevada. <laughs> but when you're up on, our mountain and it is dead quiet up there except for a little bit of trees we live in pinion juniper country so it's not like i said it's not the (laughs) fancy trees or anything but when you're in pinion juniper country and it's quiet and you're riding your horse and all you can hear is your horse and walking through the the rocks or what you know and i think that's the best place in the world seeing a, a 360 degree view um over the top of mountains there's nothing that gets better than that. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. 
You've talked a little bit about traditions. Are there any traditions that you hope you can carry on and pass on to your kids? You know, as I was growing up, I never felt like it was tradition. Like, I, I, I didn't get that as much. I knew it was fun and enjoyable and I had a blast being a rancher. And I don't know if there was a lot of traditions that were being carried on through the years through my grandfathers. So they had so many different ideas of what ranching was. I really feel like, though, that the traditions that I'm starting is something I don't want to see get lost. Um, I, uh, when I was a kid, we used calf tables. And calf tables, I didn't know any different. I just, my dad was, like I said, he was a good cattleman. And so roping a calf was not a great idea. You know, that, <laughs> yeah. that loses pounds or whatever it might be. Well, when I got home from school, um, I brought up, uh, my, my uncle was working for me and he brought up, you know, you should start roping and branding. This calf table thing is, is pretty rough. And I'm like, well, it's inefficient, right? <laughs> it's inefficient. I don't want to do that. I just got back from school and I know what's going on here. Well, as I started looking more into it, um, I decided to do it. And I've never been back since to a calf table. We started healing calves. And, and then we started getting into heading and healing calves. And my, my wife's from the city. And uh, she didn't really have a, a big opinion on a lot of different things. But when she started to see our family coming together and learning as we started heading and healing calves and, and roping and, and working our horses and them getting involved into that, they, she got excited. And there's a tradition there of feeling like we can't let this go away. It, the day that we can get everything done on four-wheeler or ATV is going to be a sad day. I think that if you lose that, if you lose being in touch with your horse or with the cows in that way, I think that's going to be tough. And so I, I don't know if I have a lot of traditions other than with my grandfather. He just, he wanted to make sure that we had land and we raised our kids on land and that we had something to show for ourselves instead of an apartment in downtown New York City. And I think that tradition, along with keeping the more Old West way of running things going, I think is really important to me. Oh, that's awesome. Hope my kids take it on. <laughs> yeah. Are your kids interested in this lifestyle? So, a few of them. Some of it's been disappointing. Some of it hasn't. Because, I, like I said, it's not meant for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, I'm the only one out of my family that really took to it to to cowboying and riding horses and none of them really really desired it that much they did but not that much and i have a son right now that it's his whole life like he just loves it lives it breathes it oh yeah it all in <laughs> anything I, I put him on good horses he hasn't had a real raunchy horse yet which i'm waiting until he's 16 for that <laughs> he's, he's about i think he's 13 now um and then i have some younger kids that are coming up that are showing some really good promise to want to be a part of it um, but once again, I don't really want to force kids to do it, but I'm excited about the ones that are excited about it and I can share my knowledge and yeah. information with them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that good horses are definitely a key to <laughs> not souring a kid. I'm grateful for the good horses that I was put on as a That's kid right. too. Yes. But do you guys raise your own horses or do you buy a No, we've been purchasing our own horses. Okay. Um, but, uh, a guy I just hired, he, he's talking me more into raising own horses, which I'm okay with. I, yeah. It just hasn't been a part of my life. I think there has been too big of a gap in 
in that my great-grandfather was a great horseman, but we really haven't had that since. And I think my father and others looked at it as like, oh, that's a waste of money. You know how long it takes to raise a good horse? <laughs> yeah. How much money it takes to raise a good horse? Um, but I see the value of it because I want to be on a good horse. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want a good horse. I'm getting too old to get bucked off too many times. <laughs> I'm getting too old to have to fight a horse, you know. Yeah. And, and I don't mind a young horse, but I see the value in that. I really like to see my son get more into it. I, that's a, not an area that I went. I did not get into horses as much and shoeing horses and whatever it might be, but I really like to see him get into it. I, I kind of went a different direction with animal science. Uh, I can preg test my own cows. I can do that. But as for raising horses, I don't, I, I'm not confident in that, but, but I am not against it either. Yeah. How would you define um, a cow man, a good cow man? <laughs> now you put me on the spot because I've said it too many times, huh? <laughs> well, I think it's important, um, you know, we eat cows. There's a reason we eat cows, right? There's a reason we eat sheep and chickens. And, you know, they, their ability to reason is not very high. <laughs> and so I think you need to learn how to, to work with them. And, and I think a good cowman is one that can and see a situation um, and, and work with that cow to take care of that cow. Because they do provide for us. If we, if we don't take care of them, they're not going to take care of us. So I think a good cowman uses his horse in a way, uses, I'm even going to say uses his rope in a way. I mean, a good cowman knows how to teach a cow, just like when you teach a child. Now, I don't choke my kids when they're not doing what they're supposed to, but yeah. when a cow needs to learn something, you need to teach her and, and use it for that purpose. Not because you're angry, not because you're mad you're going to kill her, even though you said it once or twice. <laughs> But because she needs to do what she needs to do, and she needs to learn that, and the whole herd needs to learn that. I want a good group of cattle that know where to go, know how to get there, respect me, and and I respect them. And I think a good cattleman helps them with nutrition and um, gives them the things that they need to provide for, for us. Um, and so I think a good cowman looks for all those different types of things. Yeah. What kind of nutrition plan do you have yours on? Do you use supplements year-round? Like, can you tell us a little bit about I that? I definitely don't like to use supplements all year-round. I, I really want our cows to be able to work for themselves and uh, use the sun and the water when it does rain, when it, when it rains, to, to provide. Um, but we do have to supplement. Uh, unfortunately, the cattle business, I, I feel, is headed the wrong direction. That's not a, cattle, uh, a, a cowman's fault. It's not his fault, but the the packer wants bigger cattle, and the feedlot wants bigger cattle, and bigger cattle don't work in Nevada. And we're in a trying to right now raise registered bulls that know our area, that mm-hmm. know how to function here in eastern Nevada, and can can really get the job done and keep in replacement heifers that don't need a lot of nutritional needs. But we do supplement. Molasses tubs in the wintertime on, on meadows because that wire grass just doesn't have much in it. And if it rains, we don't supplement much. I hate feeding hay. If we don't have to feed hay, we don't feed a bale of hay. Uh, if you manage your grass right, you don't need to feed much anything or supplement much anything. But um, these last couple of years, I look like a bad manager because <laughs> I've had to do a little more supplementation than I need. It's, it's really pushed us um, to use things that we otherwise wouldn't use. But I'm hoping it rains again and we can get away from this. Yeah. But, but I think it's important to take care of the cow and, and supplement them. I don't like fat cows. Fat cows are no good. 
Uh, but thin cows aren't going to do any good either. You need a good you need a good cow that can make it a good mid-sized cow and take care of her. How often do you rotate your pastures with your cows? Well, because we're in the desert, um, you have to anything that's Bureau of Land Management. We're in and we're out quick. You know, something that has 100 AUMs in it um, for a month, we'll put 500 cows in there for a few days. Okay. You know, we're in and out very quickly. And then we, we never go back for another year. We let that place rest. Um, our irrigated pasture, though, we, we usually give it rest for 45 to 50 days and then go back in and use it. Sometimes we just let it grow up and get heaping fulls of grass, and that's what you winter on. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, you get a lot of grass, and you turn in there, and you feed a little hay on it and supplement that, and they get all the nutrition they need from a little bit of that hay, and then they also eat the grass. And so our rotational program is all based on um, need. Um, I wish I had more grass this year, but I feel like I'm better off than, than most by doing rotational grazing. Nice. What, you, what would you say your secret to success has been? I don't know if I'm successful. <laughs> I, uh, uh. I I think I think secret to success is uh, is more have to do with how you. Well, let's put it this way: My dad used to say, "I never have a cow problem. I never have a grass problem. I never have a rain problem. I never have any of that. I have people problems. If you can solve your people problems, then everything else will work." And I think a secret to success is here is we we like to take care of our people. You know, I'm not, you know, we don't have a huge operation. It's not like we hire 100 people. Yeah. But the people that we do hire, we take care of. And they take care of everything else. If you're getting along with your employees and your people and your families or working together and you're getting along, everything else falls in place. Because those are issues that you just don't want to carry on. They can really frustrate everything when you're trying to get a job done and all you do is fight yeah it's not the cow's fault it's not it's not your wife you know it it it's because you can't get along and and you need to learn to get along and things go much smoother that way sometimes i wish that none of us could talk and we just use sign language because i think cowboys would be so much better off if they could just use sign language yelling and screaming at each other just doesn't ever seem to work you can't hear each other but if we could use sign language we had it covered there might be a lot of birds going up yeah there would be a little bit of birds going up i'd say but but at least you know what he meant you just hear him what what yeah you know what the bird means (laughs) looking back do you have any favorite memories oh i have a lot of memories man i you know one day this is my son's experience but it kind of takes me back to my experience. One day, he was a young kid, and he, he was riding a 30-year-old horse that he just loved, and that horse loved him. And it had rained about 18 inches of snow. And the cows were up on the hillside up above our town, and they went to a, a, a southern corner and got stuck in that corner. And so we had to go get them. And so we had to ride up into them, and the higher we went, the more snow there was. And as we were bringing those cows out, I was really worried about him. You know, and... And he was, I was just really worried about his experience. And then when we got back, we had to feed him. There was just too much, you know, we had to feed him. So we fed them and then we had to go feed some more. We didn't get home till like 7, 8 o'clock that night. And it was cold. And I says, how are you doing? How are you doing? This was the greatest day of my life, he oh, says. Oh, cute. And I thought, isn't that right, though? You know, if you're out, I had days like that when I was a kid. Uh, some of the greatest days, just being out, feeling so free. 
to just go and to run with your horse. Um, I don't know if I have a specific scenario, but I can remember long good days. I remember sometimes we'd go out and move the cows um, about 15 miles, you know, and you think, oh, this is it, I'm done, you know. But then you get done, you put your horse <laughs> in the trailer, you get in the pickup, you fall asleep. And I remember one day my dad brought us back and he felt, he felt so bad. He pushed us pretty hard that day. And he, so he took us out to, we had a, a little local restaurant here after we were done for the day. He took us out for dinner and I thought, well, how could it get any better than this? <laughs> you go out and you work cows all day and then your dad feels sorry for you. So he takes you out and gives you a good meal. And, and I that thought, was nice. that's fun. You know, think those kind of experiences. But when you get tired like that, there's something enjoyable about being tired sometimes. And I think those days that were the longest were some of my most exciting days as a kid. Yeah. It probably goes back to that, like having a sense of pride. Like, I know I worked hard. We did it. We got done. That's right. And now look at how good I feel about it. Yeah. Um, one other question that okay. I have for you. You so you said your family, like your dad, used a calf table and stuff, and then you wanted to keep the tradition of roping. So how did you, who taught you how to rope? Like, <laughs> where did you learn that skill? <laughs> That's a great question. Um because when I first started thinking of the concept of roping, I thought, how are you going to teach a 25-year-old kid to, to rope? Like, I, I'd done a little roping when I was younger. So mm-hmm. I did a little bit of roping. Like, who, who didn't, you know? So I did a little bit, never off a horse. And, and we did it on the ground. We'd rope something on the ground for fun, you know, try to rope with the heels or something yeah. like that. Um, but, yeah, so that was a new concept to me. And, and... I didn't know if I should like it or not. Like, you know, I thought, oh, man, this has been a tradition for for two generations of using a calf table. I just got back from school, and it it was calf table. You had to use a calf table. Like, why would you not use a calf table? Um, A lot of the people like uh, Temple Grandin and Bud Williams were teaching that. You know, we need to use a calf. And I I follow them. I use their techniques. Um, But I thought I needed to try it before I knew it. Mm-hmm. So I started, I, I got involved, and I remember the first time that I went to a branding, and we were healing calves. The guy, the guy that we went to brand for, he, he knew heading and healing, but he saw his crew, and his crew was limited, and I was one of those crew, and I was on a horse that I didn't know if it knew anything, and I didn't have a saddle really built for it, and I, uh, I started healing calves, and I'm the one stuck in the back corner of the pen, you know, trying to catch <laughs> heels yeah. on a calf. That guy that I look at now and I'm like, oh, I feel so bad for him because <laughs> I remember I was there and I remember just doing it over and over and over again. But where it really changed was my uncle that was working for us at the time, he, he, he was a good roper and he was a good roper. He's getting a little older now, but we had a pink eye outbreak and it was my first experience with that pink eye outbreak and I had just been back from school. I knew all about pink eye other than I needed to take care of it now <laughs> and bringing them into the chute. Like, you know, it's, we're in the Nevada ranch. I mean, we cover from one end to the other end of our ranch is 100 miles. And so you don't just bring them into the chute to care for them. This is when I started to realize that there's other ways to take care of this. And so my uncle says, we got to do it on the field. we got to do it on the pasture. And so he started teaching me how to do that and to do it right. And then I started learning other concepts. As I started doing those things, um, I learned other concepts from Martin Black Um and uh, oh, the names don't come to me right now, but watching videos and going mm-hmm. to seminars and learning how to throw a hula hand and, and to work an animal to where 
you can just make that animal so comfortable and like just so curious about you. Next thing you know, they have a loop around their neck. Yeah. I really got into that. I really got into learning how to, to head an animal without having to chase it. I thought, wait, why would you chase it if you could catch it standing still? And so I started getting really good at that. And it just kind of came natural for me to, to do. I think I'm getting worse now because, unfortunately, I hired a guy that does all my calf doctoring <laughs> for me. So I'm getting a little behind on that. But but I really got into it. And it was something that I really desired to do because I saw the value in it. I saw that I got all these pink eye cattle. I need to doctor these cattle. And it is impractical to take them to the shoot. And it wasn't until that experience that I thought, that's it, I have to change. And I got excited about it. And I got good at it. Um, I don't think I'm fantastic, but I got good enough that I got the job done. And, and that was good enough for me. And that's what kind of started me on this roping thing and teaching my kids and teaching others. And really enjoying that. Yeah, that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've asked all the questions I was meaning to, but feel free to continue to share if you have anything else you want to share. Uh, you know, I don't know if I have a lot more to share. I, I, I enjoyed this experience of talking. I Sometimes there's a lot of things that can get you down when you're in agriculture. Um, everything's against you. It mm -hmm. really is. Whether it's Mother Nature, whether it's fuel prices, whether it's the packer, or whether it's government. And it's good to talk about these things. I think more individuals need to talk about it. I think there's a lot of, unfortunately, guys, girls that get the family ranch and end up being pressured into taking care of it whether they know how to do it or not, and they get down and depressed, and sometimes we lose them. They take their own lives or just because of that, that pressure on them to take care of this thing that, well, we know it's not going to make money, but, but you got to keep it going. It's a family tradition. But it's really good that we talk about this side of things. We need to talk about it with our families. We need to talk about it with our friends. People need to hear about this because we go through some hard things. It's good to talk about and share experiences because we wouldn't trade those for anything. Yeah. So that's that's... That's how I'd probably finish up. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. Thank you very much. That concludes my interview with Jacob Carter. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And if you know somebody that you would like to nominate for the show, please send me an email to cowboystoriespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. Thanks.